I can look back and say, that's what I should have said, but I didn't. I just, I didn't even think about it at all. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown up friends, we are continuing our month of highlighting the financial grown ups that are part of our new season of guest co hosts on my other podcast with Joe Salcihai, Money with Friends. I'm excited to share this episode with my friend, Cameron Huddleston. We talk about a really tough subject, which is talking about money, not with your kids, but with your parents. And frankly, I think that is often a lot harder, so hard that I was relieved when after years of working on it, Cameron finally released her amazing book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. And to no one's surprise, not only was the book a huge seller, but Cameron is now the go-to expert on the topic. Enjoy this interview with Cameron, and then hop on over to Money with Friends to check out her episodes and those of our other amazing co-hosts talking about personal finance issues in the news. Here is Cameron Huddleston. Hey, Cameron Huddleston. You're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited to talk to you today, Bobby. I am so excited. This conversation is literally years in the making because it was two or three years ago that I remember sitting down to talk to you. We met for the first time IRL at a conference and you had this idea for a book and it seemed like it should already be out there, but it wasn't. It is your new book called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. It's finally happening. It is. And thank you, Bobby, because you were one of the people who encouraged me to do it. You said, this needs to be written. It does, because as we'll talk about, there are so many people that don't want to have these conversations with their parents. In fact, more than 70% of adults have not had detailed conversations with their parents about their finances. And that is pulled from, from your writings because you also, you're also a writer. So tell us just briefly about the book and how it came to be. And then we'll get into your money story, which actually has to do with your, your mom. I was inspired to write this book because of some things that I experienced in my life. I am a financial journalist, but I am also the daughter of a mom with Alzheimer's disease. And I had not had conversations with her about her money before she started having issues with her memory. And really, it is one of my biggest regrets. I had an opportunity to have a conversation with her and I blew it. Like I so totally blew it. And I look back. Wait, and what I happened? Think, <laughs> so, what was the opportunity? Was there a specific incident meeting? And you just, what happened? Yes. I had moved from Washington, D.C., where I was working for Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. I had moved to my home state of Kentucky, actually across the street from my mom. I said to her, mom, I think you need to look into long-term care insurance. She and my father had divorced years before that, and she was living on her own. And I knew that if she had any long-term care needs, it would be helpful to have long-term care insurance to help cover those costs. She took my advice. For, wait, for people that don't know, long-term care insurance is specifically to cover things like a nursing home that you would live in, that kind of or, thing. Yes, assisted living, memory right. care. And in case you don't know this, Medicare does not cover those costs. 
What's a typical cost of that if somebody or their parents end up having to pay that out of pocket? The average cost of assisted living is about $4,500 a month. That's average. Wow. Nursing home is eighty dollars to $90,000 a year. Okay. So you move back home to across the street from your mom and you're learning about her situation. Yes. I asked her to check into long-term care insurance. She took my advice. She met with an insurance agent and unfortunately she did not qualify for coverage because she had another pre-existing condition that made her too high risk. And at that point I should have said, okay, mom, you can't get long-term care insurance coverage. Let's look at your financial assets, figure out where you stand and figure out how we would pay for this care if you needed it. I can look back and say, that's what I should have said, but I didn't. I just, I didn't even think about it at all. Fate being what it is, a few years later, she started having trouble with her memory. At that point, I knew I needed to act quickly and talk to her, but because I was already facing a crisis, if I wanted to start talking to her about money, I would have to explain to her why. Mom, we need to talk about your finances because I can see you're having trouble with your memory. And I didn't want to have to be the one to tell her that. Like it was, I didn't care about talking to her about money. That that didn't feel like a taboo topic to me. I didn't want to tell her that I thought she was losing her memory. Eventually, with the help of a doctor, actually, I got her doctor to suggest that she get tested for dementia. And he did. During that process, I said, Mom, I think we need to go meet with your attorney and get all your legal documents updated. Because the thing is, you have to be competent, mentally competent to sign a will or a living trust, a power of attorney document, and an advanced healthcare directive. If you are no longer competent, you cannot sign those documents. Then if you get into a situation like my mother did, where she's no longer able to make financial and healthcare decisions on her own, if she had not named me power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney, I would have had to go to court, basically put her on trial to prove that she was no longer competent, spend thousands of dollars to get conservatorship for her. You know, but I, I acted quickly. I knew I had to do this. She was still competent enough. I dodged a bullet, but then I had to figure out her finances while she was already forgetting things. And it was so difficult. Right. So how did that work? What did you find? I had to approach it very carefully. I didn't want to look like I was going in and taking over, especially in the early stages of her dementia. You know, I didn't want her to feel like she was losing all of her independence. So I just did things little by little. One of the benefits of meeting with the attorney was that she suggested that we go to the bank and put me on her account as her representative payee. And that's certainly a big benefit of, you know, having a third party involved with these conversations is because your parents might be reluctant to talk to you, but they're going to listen to the advice of someone else. And so the attorney said, go to the bank. We took her advice. And then that sort of opened the door to having some more conversations about what role I was going to have to play going forward. You know, she had all this cash just sitting in her bank account. Fortunately, she had not opened an online account. She was so, so old fashioned. Like she never used debit card. She used checks. And so I was able to go online and set up online banking for her and monitor her bank account because one of the issues that she was having was writing checks to every organization that would send her something in the mail, like organizations she had no ties to. 
And so I had, you know, I had to make sure she wasn't just spending all her money writing these charitable contribution checks. Which is something that happens to a lot of seniors. Oh, yeah. It's a big problem, you know, and then you've got to worry about scammers and stuff. I decided to take that money and put it into an annuity. Now, not that you or I would necessarily recommend that everyone get an annuity, but I knew that it would be a safe place to put her money. It would earn some interest hands off for several years and then use it down the road when I needed it to pay for her care. So what is the lesson for our listeners from this? The lesson is, please don't wait to have these conversations with their parents. A lot of people I talk to and hear from say, well, I don't need to have this conversation yet. We're not there yet. Mom and dad are still healthy. And that is exactly the time you need to have it. You need to have the conversations when your parents are healthy There's not a financial crisis. There's not a health crisis because then everyone is entirely competent. Your parents know what assets they have, what they don't have, what legal documents they have. You have time to get those legal documents. If they don't have them, emotions are not running high. There's so many more options available to you if a crisis does arise. You know, you can make a plan for how they are going to age comfortably. You can't do that if there's already a crisis. Speaking of averting crisis, your everyday money tip will also help us do just that. So I think I have a pretty good tip. It's something that I have done myself. I set up alerts with my credit card account. It's so easy. You just log on to your account online. There's usually most credit card companies will have a place where you can like click on alerts and notifications. And so I set it up to get alerts every time my credit card is used. And the benefit of this is that it alerts you to fraud, which has happened to me. I was, um, it was really an unfortunate situation. I was at a um, visitation for a family member who had died and my phone, it was like a little ding from the message. And I looked down and it said my credit card had been used. And then I got another ding that it was used again. And I was like, wait a second, I did not make these charges. I got on the phone call my credit card company. And I said, I think my credit card number has been stolen. I want you to flag these transactions as fraud and I want to cancel my card. Thank goodness for the alerts. I mean, I knew right away that there was something fishy. Right. And that's the best way to deal with it is at least you can get on it right away. Let's talk more about your book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Your Finances. So the book is getting out there now. People are starting to read it. What's been the reaction? What do you think in the book surprises people the most? Because to me, it's a 70% statistic that people just, the majority of people have not even had these conversations. I think the cost of long-term care really surprises people. I have a whole chapter about long-term care and about various ways to pay for it, about how to have the conversation with your parents, how to have it, because it is, I mean, it's such a touchy topic. You know, most people say, don't ever put me in a home. Okay. But I think parents, you know, need to realize that if they are counting on you to be their caregiver, which most parents are, this is a full time job, which means you as the child might have to quit your paying full time job to care for your parents because they probably don't have the funds to pay for long term care. You know, so, right. But then who's paying for your life if you're caring for your parents? Right. Fidelity has done a a survey and found that a majority of parents do expect their kids to be involved with their caregiving if they need it, but most kids don't even realize it. And I point this out in the book, you know, if your parents are counting on you to be their caregiver, to be the executor of their will, to be involved in their financial lives as they age, 
wouldn't you rather know this now than when you are actually thrust into that situation? Because you might have to prepare your own finances. You know, you might have to set aside more in savings now, you know, build a bigger emergency fund. Maybe you don't downsize when your kids go off to college because, you know, mom and dad might have to move in with you. You know, so certainly this long-term care issue has been an eye-opener for a lot of people and the legal documents. Like I mentioned, the the power of attorney. Like I think most people don't even know what it is. And, and just, you know, just so you're listening. What is it? Know, Explain. What is it? So it's a legal document and it allows you to designate someone or more than one person to make financial decisions for you if you no longer can. And I think a lot of people assume if I'm giving someone power of attorney, I am giving up my power, but that could not be more untrue. When you do this while you are competent, you have the power to choose whom you want to be in charge of your money. If you can't make these decisions on your own, if you don't make the decision, someone might step up and go to court to become your conservator. It might not be the person you want, or it might be a judge who decides you need, and you need to tell your parents to make this decision now. And they need to understand that just because they name you power of attorney doesn't mean that you can step in and start managing their money now. I mean, it comes into play when they are no longer able to make decisions and you can tell your parents, mom and dad, Please just get the document drafted, sign it now while you're healthy, while you're competent, and then put it someplace safe and just tell me where to access it. Because if you don't have the actual document, the bank's not going to talk to you. The financial institutions are not going to talk to you. You have to show them the document. So you can't just go in and say, hey, I'm my parents' power of attorney. I need to take some money out of their account. It does not work that way. You know, so these are things that I explain in the book that you can explain to your parents to help them, you know, kind of get over the fears they might have of naming someone to be in charge of their money. Because, you know, it, it is a little bit scary if you don't understand what power of attorney is, but it's so essential. I would not have been able to step in and help my mom with her finances if she had not named me power of attorney. Cameron, where can people find out more about you and the book? You can go to my website, which is CameronHuddleston.com. There's information about me, my book, links to all my social media pages, and you can even click on links to order a copy of the book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one. Make sure proactive decisions are being made about insurance not just for yourself and your immediate family, but also for anyone who is what I would call stakeholders in your family financial ecosystem. So everyone whose finances could impact yours. Only you can decide if you need and at what amount you may need, for example, life insurance, long-term care insurance, healthcare insurance, and so on. But make sure those decisions are being made for everyone that is tied to you financially because the decisions made or not made can and in many cases will impact your life. So make sure that the people you care about have the information and that they're making decisions because obviously, as we always say, not making a decision is actually making a decision. It's just not one that you are aware of all the time. Financial going up tip number two, if you don't feel comfortable having these conversations now, this is what you need to do. Go through in your mind and play out how things could go if you don't get this done, if you don't have the conversations. What happens? It may give you some motivation. Read Cameron's book, for example, of the reality of how this goes. For her, 
It was not perfect, but she dodged a bullet, as she says. But she gives some examples that will certainly motivate you because things can go very bad, very fast, very unexpectedly, and with a very high price tag. Even what seems like the most basic things can be huge stresses at the worst time. As an example, a relative of mine recently passed, and when we visited her husband a few days later, rather than focusing on his own emotional healing, he was actually stressed out just trying to figure out her passwords. I mean, that's terrible. Do those practical things yourself. Make sure someone that you trust has access, for example, to your electronic assets. So I want to hear from you. Have you had this conversation with your parents? And if you are a parent, at what age will you start telling your kids about your finances and what they might need to do should something happen to you unexpectedly? DM me your thoughts. I am at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram, BobbyRebel on Twitter. Friends, make sure you are on the Grown Up list. You can sign up for free at bobbyrebel.com. Also free subscribing to this podcast and to Money with Friends, where you can hear Cameron's insights on the most important personal finance news headlines. And big thanks to Cameron Huddleston for helping us all be financial grownups. Thanks, everyone. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.